0: Lost Talk Radio.
1: Right, good morning everybody and welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odarico and right alongside of course is, each, uh, is none other than Legends Tour player and LPGA professional Cindy Miller and we are the hosts of the Women of Golf Show. We want to welcome you to the show and good morning Cindy.
0: Good morning Ted.
1: Welcome back. Uh, we had a, a extended uh, break here for observance of Thanksgiving and I as normal ate too much. Uh, how about you?
0: You know, I ate too much, too. I'm still eating too much, but I went for a couple-mile walk today.
1: <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I, I, I I've had to do the same thing. Uh, I had to take a few walks, actually, not just one. But um, but a- anyways, uh, we want to thank everybody for tuning in this morning. And let me just remind everybody, of course, we are live Tuesday mornings, unless otherwise stated, uh, from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern uh, Standard Time here on blogtalkradio.com. Uh, best way to find us is go to blogtalkradio.com and up on the search key just type women of golf and you will find us there live on Tuesday mornings uh, or if you can't join us live not to worry there's a number of ways you can visit the page scroll down to the on demand section you can listen to all of the previously aired shows all the recordings are there including today's show will be there at, at its uh, entirety uh, after the show uh, but you can also go to itunes.com or stitcher.com as well and uh, just type in women of golf there under the podcast section. And you'll be able to pick us up there as well. So we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, Those of you joining us live, good morning and welcome. Uh, Also, if you want to speak to us, uh, we would love to hear from you. We really want to get you uh, engaged. And that's something we're going to work on in the new year uh, particularly. But uh, you can certainly call into the program during the live broadcast on Tuesday. The number is area code 347-945-5855. And also, if you want to reach out to either Cindy and I uh, personally, our emails are as follows. Cindy's is cindy at cindymillergolf.com. And mine, of course, is ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. We've got a great show for you this morning. We're going to talk about uh, a little bit just about the rules of golf. Uh, we're not going to get into it too hot and heavy, if you will. Uh, but we're going to just talk about uh, the first 10 anyways uh, a little bit. And then later in the broadcast, we're very excited to have our very special guest uh, joining us in the second half, uh, the PJ Vice President, Susie Whaley. Uh, She's also the Director of Instruction at the Susie Whaley Golf up in uh, Cromwell, Connecticut. So she's going to be joining us on the second half and very excited to have her. Lots of great things happening in Susie Whaley's world, so we want to hear about that a little bit later on. Um, Cindy, I thought it would be kind of interesting to talk a little bit about the rules and why I I thought it would be a good idea. There's a lot of new um, – well, I'll give you a good example. I actually, uh, in in doing the final preparations for this morning, I actually had a friend from back home reach out to me and she has never played before, doesn't really know much about the game, and her new beau, if you will, uh, plays golf, so she really wants to to engage, but she didn't know where to start, so I gave her some, some tips, and one of them was to to get her hot little hands on a copy of the rule book so she understands the rules. And there's a lot of people – I've I had um, some, many, many conversations with people over the last several years, and you'd be surprised at how many people – show up at a golf course and really don't understand um, sort of the intricacies of the rules. And that doesn't mean they have to know all the details, um, but they don't even know some of the generalities. So I thought we would just touch on a few uh, this morning just to help those uh, newer golfers out there that maybe just don't have an understanding. Uh, first off, the official rules take up around about 100 pages uh, published by the USGA and the RNA. Uh, so the rules at a glance are, are sort of an introduction to or gateway to uh, the full rule, rules of golf, which is what we're going to talk about this morning. Um, and, and the first one, Cindy, is, is about the game itself. And the, the holes on the course must be played in order 1 through 9 or 1 through 18, unless the committee uh, says otherwise. So obviously, um, and you must always play, obviously, by the rules. Um, and you're not allowed to ignore them, of course. But a lot of people don't understand uh, I think really about the game and its generality. And, and really, the game of golf consists of playing a ball with a club from the team ground into the hole by a stroke or succession uh, strokes in accordance with, of course, the rules. So um, a lot of people don't understand the general rule, if you will, of the game of golf. So let's talk a little bit about that, what sort of consisted in an 18-hole round or even a 9-hole round, what people need to understand on how to play the game why don't you start
0: us off? I'm not sure I understand the question.
1: Well, a lot of people don't understand what the purpose of the people that. People have never played on a golf course; they don't understand what the purpose uh, of the game is. In other words, what they do when they get up to the first <laughs> tee—what are they there to do? And you'd be surprised. Listen, you'd be surprised how many people don't know.
0: Oh, you're absolutely right. i i was laughing. Have you ever seen Robin Williams on golf?
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: yes, I have. <laughs> so so you take a stick that looks like a tire iron. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, you get but these it's clubs, true. right? But you- I, well, again, I mean, it's like, how simple can we make it? And it's pretty simple. So, yes, you have clubs in a bag that are supposed to go certain distances, um, beginners don't need all the clubs. The longer the club, the further the ball goes. And you play holes, which are strategically placed challenges, um, and there's 18 holes and one full round of golf. And you take this club and you try to get the ball from the starting ground, which is the tee box, into the hole in the least amount of shots. And a shot is called a stroke or a swing or every time you try to hit the ball. Right. You know, again, I'm sure that anyone that's (laughs) listening to this program knows that, but you're right. It, it, it it sounds so simple, but, and then Robin Williams says, and they call it a stroke because every time you swing, you think you're going to have one. Right.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) well, yeah, and, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're, we're, we're having a little bit of fun here this morning, and we're, we're trying to obviously make light of it. But, um, you know, the, the, the truth of the matter is a lot of people don't, you know, especially beginners, and this is really who we're trying to address here with, with the rules this morning. You know, obviously you need to re- read the rules and understand. And this is um, – the rules apply to everybody that plays the game, but obviously for, for amateurs that maybe uh, are not playing competitive golf Um, you know, you can certainly make some adjustments and you can be a little bit more lax in the rules, but obviously professionals need to to adhere to that. Um, but that's the general rule of the game. And that is, um, to, you know, get the ball in the hole in the fewest strokes possible, uh, in order to, um, you know, play the game in its entirety. And you're provided, as, as Cindy pointed out with, with clubs to, to be able to accomplish that. Um, And I want to move on to rule two, which gives you, and and then rule three, which of course gives you different types of play. Uh, Rule two, of course, is match play. And in match play, Cindy, as you know, because I know you've been involved in them, uh, each hole is a separate contest. So um, in stroke play, we'll talk about that in a second. It's played a little bit differently. But um, talk about match play a little bit. Um, You've been involved in it. And what do you like about it? What's different about it? And... And how did you do uh, in, in match play?
0: Um, so match play, as you said, each hole is a separate match. So if you won every hole, all of these that we're going to talk about are competitions. So somebody that's yes. a beginner probably won't be playing any competitions, but match play, you keep score by hole. So if you win every hole, you your match would be over, when you've won more holes, than there are holes to be left to play. Right. Right? So it's 10 and 8. Right. You'd be 10 up with 8 holes to go, which adds up to 18 holes. That would mean you kick their butt. Um, but in match play, you can tie a hole, um, or you can win or lose a hole. Uh, I... Yep. I don't. I don't mind match play. I think I prefer stroke play or metal play. Um, yeah. The best I ever did at match play was I won a New York State Amateur, 36 hole match play, and we were tied at the end of 36 holes, and we had to go to sudden death or keep going um, mm. into uh, you know extra holes they call it. So I won on the 37th right. hole.
1: Yeah, so just, just to summarize for those of you that maybe have never played before, match play, each hole, as, as Cindy mentioned, is a separate contest. So um, it's, it's like 18 little contests uh, in a round. So as an example, if you win the first hole, you're one up on your opponent. If you lose it, then you're one down, or if you uh, have it uh, or tie on that hole, then it's considered all square. And as as you also pointed out, Cindy, you've won the match when you are more holes up than there are left to play. So, again, as another example, if you're three up and there are only two holes to, left to play, you've won three and two. Um, and obviously, anyone that you're playing against is is classified as an opponent. Now, stroke play is traditionally what most golfers out there play, Cindy. And that's where the uh, competitor with the lowest total score for the round or rounds, depending on, on uh, whether you're playing a competition uh, or a weekend tournament or something, uh, is considered the winner. And you must play your ball uh, in the hole before starting the next hole. So in other words, um, in match play, let me just go back very quickly, um, your opponent has the opportunity if your putt, if you're on the green and let's say you're only three inches from the hole, um, they can uh, allow you to pick it up uh, and consider that to be uh, uh, good. Um, and, but in stroke play, you have to actually play it out until the ball actually falls into the hole. Otherwise, uh, you'd incur a penalty. Um, so there is obviously a different, most people play and and Cindy, as you mentioned, you prefer stroke or it's also referred to as metal play. Um, and uh, again, I think that, these are things that people need to understand, and a lot of you, I know that you're listening, you probably think, okay, we, we know all of this, um, but there are those out there that, that don't, and they need to understand that, and this is why we can't emphasize enough that you need to get yourself a copy of the current, and it does change every year because there's amendments and, and uh, updates to the rules of golf, but uh, you should get yourself uh, a new copy. It's a very small Uh, pocket-sized book, so you could either carry it in your pocket or you can carry it in your golf bag, and it's a good thing to have around, especially if you're playing in some kind of competition, to always have that rule book there in case you need to pull it out. So that's uh, essentially the game match play and stroke play. Uh, Rules four and 5 we'll put those together, and that talks about the clubs and the ball. So talk a little bit about the clubs uh, uh, under the rules, Cindy. Um, How many clubs are we allowed to carry in the bag?
0: Maximum of 14, and they could be 14 putters. So you get to choose what your set set makeup is, um, but you cannot change clubs during play unless you don't have. So here's a perfect example. I was putting like a blind woman in a tournament, (laughs) and I said, oh, can I go trade putters at the turn? No. Only if you only have 13 clubs in your bag. Or you broke your club.
1: Yeah. Right. So
0: 14 yeah. clubs max.
1: And, and that's it. Yeah. And um, there is also some restrictions. Uh, the clubs must conform to the USGA rules. Um, so you have to be careful of that. And most clubs, most manufacturers clubs uh, do, but uh, there's obviously over the years have been some controversy. I remember when Ping came out with uh, the square grooves, there was some, uh, con- of course, that's long been settled, but uh, there were some issues at the time. So that went under review. And of course, ultimately the decision was um, they were able to continue on. But um, but for the most part, uh, most of the clubs that you're going to purchase uh, at uh, your your uh, uh, local pro shop or uh, or even your big box store, if that's where you choose to buy them, Uh, are going to be USJ conformative, so you want to make sure of that. But uh, also the ball, Cindy, uh, you may not change balls during the play of a hole unless the rule allows it. And so uh, there are some examples uh, to consider as well. uh, If the ball is damaged, uh, in other words, if it has a a cut in it um, or uh, is somehow uh, become out of shape, you may change the ball, uh, but you have to consult your uh, playing partner, sort. Have you ever had to do that? Cindy? Have you ever been in a, in a tournament? Or um, today's modern balls are a little bit more um, forgiving. Uh, the, the covers are harder than that. They're not like the old style but a lot of balls that were very soft covered. Um, but have you ever, in the middle of a round, uh, realized that there was something defective or had become wrong with the ball and had to change it out?
0: Yeah, if you cut it, you can take it out of play.
1: Right. So you've obviously yes, had so that I've happen done that a, few a
0: lot. Times yeah I mean, if you hit it thin and you put a <laughs> cut on it, yeah, but again, the balls nowadays are much more durable. that doesn't happen as often
1: yeah you 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 don't seldom see that but um and, and obviously we're just sort of glossing over the rules there's much uh, there's other parts to each of the rules that we 're talking about this morning, um, but we're just sort of giving you an overview uh rule number six, I want to move on uh is about the players' responsibilities, and obviously you want to make sure that you read all the notices. Um, even though there is a rule book, um, sometimes in tournament play, uh, or if you're playing, uh, at, uh, a particular course, they may also have some local rules, which are not going to be in the general rules of golf. So you want to make sure you familiarize yourself, uh, by if you, again, if you're playing in a tournament, you want to, um, you'll be given a notice or, or, an, a, an additional, um, uh, paper, if you will, that will contain, um, maybe some rules based on, for instance, uh, maybe if it's been raining heavy, there might be lift clean in place uh, has now uh, been made available for uh, a tournament because the, the grounds are so wet and, and soggy and, and uh, they're allowing you to do that. So that's, again, not generally in the, in the traditional rules, but it may be something that they've adopted um, for that particular tournament based on the condition. So you want to make sure you familiarize yourself as well. And also, particularly, um, if you're playing on a course you've never played before, um, Ask them if there are any local rules that may apply. And I'll give you a good example, Cindy. Uh, years ago, I played on a course, and it was a very, very tight course, uh, you know, the fairways up and down alongside one another. And a lot of times in order to speed up play, they would allow you, if you hit it into the neighboring fairway, as an example, you did not incur, they played what was almost like winner rules. Um, you did not incur a, a, a penalty if you picked it up and brought it back uh, into your own fairway or, or into your own lane, if you will. Um, And the reason doing that is they didn't want people crossing all over the place. um, And just again, to, in some of the narrow courses. So you want to make sure that you understand that. And also they were a little bit more lax with out of bounds uh, on that particular golf course. So you want to make sure you understand Uh, some of the local rules what are some of the other responsibilities that you can think of um, Cindy that uh, players should know that would would maybe fall under rule six
0: well I think you need to count every stroke and I think we teach a lot of juniors and some kids have trouble counting and I think that they're not sure how to, play the, how to play the game, and some of the tournaments that they play, they don't have a marker or a score with them who could help them. Mm-hmm. I think that the player needs to know that if you're not sure about a rule, and there's no rules official anywhere around you, you always have the option of playing an alternate ball, and before you do so, you have to state, I'm playing an alternate ball, and if I am able to take relief, you have to state which ball you want to keep score with. I prefer, like I did this in the LPGA National Teaching Championship this summer. I was by a birdhouse in the trees, and I said, I believe I Mm. get relief, but I'm not sure I'm going to play two balls. And if I get relief, I want this score to count with the ball that I'm taking relief.
1: Right, right.
0: So yeah, and there are going to be circumstances
1: employed. we've seen. Yeah, yeah, we've seen that many times over the years uh, in competitive play on the, both the LPGA and the PGA Tour, where players have had to take relief. Um, <clears throat> some of the other things, Cindy, uh, always, uh, you know, we want to make sure that you use your correct handicap. In other words, you want to make sure you keep that information up to date because uh, that's going to help you as well as uh, playing uh, your handicap. Certainly, uh, particularly in, in competition. Um, the other thing is, and some of these might seem very simple, but you'd be surprised knowing your tee time or starting time, uh, and be there ready. In other words, ready golf, if you will, um, to be able to, uh, you know, uh, play ap- appropriately. You also want to make sure that you identify your own ball uh, by putting a mark on the ball that's unique to you, uh, in case someone else is using an identical ball. So, in other words, if you're both playing, uh, maybe a Titleist Pro V1 or a Callaway. Uh, golf ball that's of the same brand Um, then you want to make sure that you've got a mark that's unique and and make sure that when you're playing in your competition that you show one another what the marking is so that uh, uh, again you're not doing the same thing Um, in stroke play Cindy you also want to make sure uh, again that you score for each hole and and, and, uh, that it's correct as you said and also sign your card before returning it. And one of the other ones that's uh, part of the player's responsibility is, and this sort of falls under slow play, don't unduly delay the play. Keep up with the group in front. Um, keep playing unless there is danger from obviously lightning or, or obviously become ill or an official um, tells you to stop for, for one reason. Usually it, it's going to be because of uh, uh, rough weather in the area, uh, particularly lightning is, is a common one. Um, but you want to make sure that you're keeping up pace of play. Um, nothing's worse, Cindy, than, than being in, in, especially in a tournament, and you're waiting and waiting and waiting to uh, be able to, to play because of the group in front of you. And, of course, the group behind you is, is sort of pushing from behind. I'm sure you've had that experience happen to you um, maybe in a tournament uh, as well. Would would you uh, agree that that can be annoying?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And and know that you have 45 seconds to hit the ball from when it's your turn. So if Ted and I are playing and Ted finishes hitting his shot, my and I'm up next, then my timer starts the minute Ted hits his shot. So you should always be planning and preparing to hit your next shot before it's your turn so you can figure out, you know, how far am I, where's the trouble, what's the wind doing, what's the playable yardage, what club do I think I'm going to use. The quicker you're able to make decisions, the faster you'll be able to play. And you should be able to play 18 holes in four hours or less if you're a threesome.
1: Right, right. And, and again, slow play is something that um, you need to be mindful of. Um, rule number seven, of course, is practice. And uh, we're not talking about practice uh, out on the practice tee. We're talking about on the golf course. And part of that rule, uh, you may not hit a practice shot while playing, uh, a hole, uh, or for any hazard, uh, normally practice is not allowed on the course before a stroke event, uh, but is before a match play. So in other words, um, you certainly can uh, allowed to take a practice swing, um, but you're not allowed to actually hit a shot. So in other words, you can't drop another ball down and say, okay, well, it's 150 yards to the green. I'm going to hit a practice shot and hit that while you're in the middle of a tournament. Um, <laughs> not gonna, not gonna end well for you. More, than less. listen.
0: <laughs>
1: you know, it, it sounds silly, but again, for the benefit of those golfers out there that maybe don't play a lot, uh, you'd be surprised what what people will do. I've had people, um, you know, mind you, these are corporate events, but I've had people where they'll get an old, you know, scruffed up ball, and you know, while they're waiting for their turn, they'll you know be near the woods or something, and they'll be hitting. Uh, shots into the woods or something like that and I'll say wait a minute wait a minute! what are you doing you can't do that because that's considered taking a practice shot even though you're not shooting at the intended target that's still a practice shot you're testing uh, you know the water so to speak so um, now rule number seven is uh, you can certainly take a practice uh, swing uh, but you can't actually play a, a practice uh, shot um, rule number eight Uh, and this sort of, we talked about this was really advice on how to play. Um, One thing that you can't do, Cindy, uh, and you know, this is during a round, you may not ask anyone except your caddy uh, or partner. If you're in an event where you have a partner for advice on how to play, this is a big no, no. um, And there's actually been cases in the past. I know on the PGA tour where um, somebody inadvertently asked another player that was not their partner, and actually incurred penalties. So um, this is something that you got to be careful of as, as well. Um, and obviously, you know, Cindy, you play in a lot of pro-ams, so people will ask you advice on, on certain things, and that's okay in a pro-am uh, because you're, you're there to, to, as a professional really to help them, correct?
0: Well, you're on the same team as well.
1: Right. So when right. you're
0: playing in a pro-am, you're on a team, and that team play is way different than individual stroke play or match play.
1: Right, right. So, um, again, just to summarize on on that, uh, you cannot ask for advice on how to play uh, a particular hole or a shot um, with the exception of your caddy or partner uh, in in an event where you you actually have a partner. Um, Rule number nine is is sort of the, um, I guess, the opposite. Advising opponent on strokes taken. As an example, in match play, you must tell your opponent the number of strokes, including penalties, Uh, you have taken if you are asked so if somebody asks you um, you know in match play you you need to to do that as well you need to advise them of that and the last one Cindy we'll wrap this up Uh, and number 10 is uh, the order of play Um, in in stroke play obviously the player who has the lowest score on a hole has the right to play his or her ball first on the next hole this is called uh, and referred to as uh, having on, having the honor um also the uh while well, playing a hole the player whose ball is furthest uh from the hole plays first uh, in match play of course if you're if you play out of turn your opponent may actually make you replay your shot um not this of course doesn't happen in stroke play but in match play have you ever been in a tournament Cindy where you actually played out of turn or maybe you were in in a group where somebody did do that um, and maybe you had to uh, call a, a penalty on them or advise them that they played out of turn.
0: No. And and uh, to be honest with you, I wouldn't call it on them. I don't think ever. So no, I've never been. <laughs> yeah, in, I don't. Yeah, it's like no big deal. You go. It's okay.
1: Yeah. And no, again, I know it, that we're we're, we're know, just sort of like it mattered
0: up. and it was, a, it, was a, it was on TV, I, you know, I no, I've never done it, nor would I ever.
1: Yeah, um, obviously. We, we, You know, we're we're kind of making a little bit light of of things this morning. We're trying to keep it easy and light, and and we're not going to get into all the specifics. Uh, In all of the rules, there there are other amendments and things that that go with it, and that's why I said uh, earlier, Cindy, that, you know, really we want uh, golfers out there to um, get a copy of most up-to-date and current rules of golf because there are a lot of uh, information in there um, that is important to play, particularly if you're going to be playing in some competitions, whatever they may be. Um knowing and understanding the general rules uh will certainly help and make it much more fun and enjoyable there's nothing worse cindy than than playing with people that are not playing at all by the rules and in in fact, I consider that cheating um and you know especially when there 's a little money on the you know the using the old foot wedge or something um and and giving themselves a, a better lie now if this is something that 's established up front that you know, again, if the conditions are, are tough and and you want to have a lift clean in place or you want to have some other uh, advantage given, that needs to be stipulated up front before the round begins. Uh, and I don't know how many times you know I've seen uh, again in, in a corporate event where people are improving their lie and doing things like that. And they're and I'm like you, see, I just turn my my head and look the other direction because I'm thinking I don't want to know what's going on, but it's not fair to, to the fellow competitors. So um those are rules one through ten uh just to give you a light overview but uh, as we said you need to go and get a copy of the most up-to-date rules to really understand um what they are and what they entail in order to have your your best round um well i see that our, our very special guest is ready this morning cindy so let me just uh, introduce her and then we'll bring her on the show Uh, Our our special guest this morning, of course, is the uh, Vice President of the PGA, Susie Whaley. Uh, She's also the Director of Instruction at the Susie Whaley Golf uh, in Cromwell, uh, Connecticut. And she's the first woman ever elected to serve as an officer of the PGA of America. Uh, Again, she's uh, Vice President. And uh, after serving two years as PGA Secretary, uh, she became the Association's Vice President at the PGA Annual Meeting in November of 2016. Also a member of the PGA Board of Directors from 2011 and 13, Uh, she also served on the Connecticut PGA Section Board of Directors and as the section's vice president at large. Uh, Recognized as one of the country's top instructors, Uh, she's enjoyed a five-year tenure at uh, Jim Flick's golf schools before becoming the head golf professional at Blue Fox Run in Avon, Connecticut in 2002. And from 2004 and to 2006, she worked as an LPJ golf commentator, uh, commentator, excuse me, for ESPN. So, uh, Cindy, let's welcome our very special guest this morning, Susie Whaley.
2: Good morning. Well, good morning to you both. How are you? We're great. How We're are doing you? We're doing great. I am fantastic. I am in Florida, looking at the sun. It's a beautiful day. I can't wait to go play some golf. Nice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be 60 up here so i might even play you know what?
2: I, I may not even follow the rules today <laughs> <laughs> right. a well, Susie, we won't, to...
0: yeah we won't call the golf police on you
2: all right i appreciate
0: that
1: well Susie, let me just say first off on behalf of cindy and i we want to uh, take this opportunity again to thank you very much for for taking time out of your schedule to uh uh, to come and join us this morning, and uh, you know, we've got a few things here that we want to talk to you about and give you an opportunity to talk about, um, and we know that you're doing some great work uh, with the PGA of America, and there's more great things to come. Um, but let's talk about, if, if you wouldn't mind, Cindy, I'm going to just start things off here. Um, let's talk about some of the, the, playing, uh, the benefits of playing golf and some of the opportunities that the, golf game, uh, the game itself gives uh, to the folks out there.
2: Sure. I mean, you know, I'm completely biased. I think golf is one of the greatest sports in the world because it gives you the opportunity to play not only with uh, people who may not be as uh, expert at it as you are or somebody who's just learning. You can play with four generations uh, of a family together. Uh, It's outside. It's great exercise. Uh, It's fun. (laughs) It's social. You can do business on the golf course. I mean, as a mom, I can tell you that golf for my children had all the value propositions that I was looking for in an extracurricular activity. Um, My kids were busy. They loved it. It was challenging, competitive. Um, So, I mean, I could go on ad nauseum, but I think uh, golf (laughs) benefits are, are amazing.
1: Yeah, and and you're exactly right. And and you know, we are a little biased. Obviously, we're all in the profession and we love uh, to play this great game and we want to encourage others to play it. Uh and I don't think either one of us could have said it any better than that. Um let's uh, I just want to go on one more second here just about um the some of the statistics. I want to read a few things out uh Susie and then uh, get you to comment on it. Um, there was some statistics that were put out by the national golf foundation, uh, in 2016, uh, talked about the number of junior golfers from ages 16 to 17 here in the U S totaled 2.9 million in 95 girls made up only 17% of all junior golfers in 2016, they totaled one third again, uh, based on the source of the national golf foundation. What do you equate the surge if you will of, of junior golfers, particularly female junior golfers, uh in, in this day and age. What what's from nineteen ninety five to to now, what's been the surge if you think, or what's been the reason behind such a big surge in, in young female golfers?
2: Well certainly it's exciting and I think Cindy, I don't want to speak for Cindy, but I'm sure we agree, you know, we want to see that at fifty percent of all golfers for juniors. So I know we still have some work to do, but thrilled with the progress made and I think multiple, multiple reasons behind it, you know, obviously the benefits that we just talked about that golf affords to, to young girls and young boys uh, is being really valued by, by parents and families and grandparents, and they, they see the opportunities that golf can offer uh, to young girls and young boys. I think PGA Junior League golf, which is a team golf format, has really been relatable to young children. They love it. They get to wear a jersey. They get to be partners and teammates. Not every shot has to count. They get to take it a partner. So if they flat miss it, it's just not that big a deal. Their their partner may make the great shot. If they don't miss it, they can laugh about it, go find it, and, and hit it again. So it's been able to bring in people and young boys and girls that perhaps maybe golf isn't their first sport. Uh, Maybe it's their second or third sport, but they don't feel compelled to have to be perfect at it right away because they have that partner. I think LPGA Girls Golf has been a tremendous asset uh, to to getting girls in the game. And LPGA Girls Golf Clubs all over the country that are giving young girls an environment to learn together, uh, whether they're beginners or whether they're already good players, they get to share Uh, the experience together, and a a lot of girls really enjoy that opportunity uh, of having other girls with them on the tee, learning from female instructors. We have more female instructors that are teaching through the LPGA and the PGA of America. Um, And I learned from Mm -hmm. from male instructors and had a great experience, but a lot of young girls really love the fact that they get to see somebody that looks like them on the tee top teaching them. So I think there's drive chip and putt is another example where where young girls may be watching uh, at home, on television with their families and seeing these young girls participate on national television on the 18th pole at Augusta. I mean, when Cindy and I were growing yeah. up, that wasn't a possibility. Uh, and now it is uh, division one and two II and three scholarship opportunities for young girls, the LPGA tour and the advancements that Mike Juan has made. I mean, all of that are huge contributors, but at the end of the day, people get involved in the game because of a local professional, whether it be a PGA professional or a local LPGA TNCP professional, of which both Cindy and I are dual members. And that professional Mm. is really the advocate uh, to getting young girls and young boys out on the course, loving the game, finding friends to play with. Uh, That is absolutely our best-case scenario for more girls to play the games through those local professionals.
1: Well said. Um, Cindy, go ahead.
2: Tell us
0: how you planned, uh, you know, proceeded. what made you want to be a leader in the PGA of America?
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I get asked that so often, and my answer <laughs> might surprise you. So I joined the LPGA TNCP first um, because at the time I had two very young children, and the PGA of America had a, a hourly work requirement week of 40 hours a week. I was working about 30, 25, 30 hours a week when my children were babies. Um, so I joined the LPGA CP first, and then I joined the PGA of America because my husband was getting to compete two, three times a week within the section that we were members of, and I didn't have that opportunity, and I wanted to play more tournament golf. I missed it. I love competitive golf. I still love to compete, and I knew the PGA of America would afford me that opportunity. Uh, So I joined the PGA of America uh, to play more golf. (laughs) It wasn't to be a leader uh, in the PGA of America. It was because I wanted to compete more. And once I started competing and and being a part of the section, um, I would head home and complain about something or another to my husband that's been a PGA member over 25 years. And he rightfully so would say, look, you can't complain unless you get involved. And so I joined my Mm -hmm. first committee. Uh, at my section level, uh, which was you know a committee that I was interested in, it was the teaching and coaching committee, and then I joined the communications committee, and then I joined a sponsor and marketing committee, and really loved it. I loved the people I was meeting, I I, I loved the networking opportunities, I loved the challenge of it, um, and it just organically grew into a position on uh, the section board of directors, and from there it. It grew into a position that, that became a national position on our board of directors. Um, and, and, and here I sit today, n- never having intended um, to continue to be a part of the governance structure, but I, but I really enjoyed being a part of that team, being, uh, having that sense of accomplishment where we feel like we're really helping our members and growing the game. And uh, it's, been a, it's been a wonderful experience to date. And, you know, we've made some great progress, but we, we, we have our challenges and we're still working uh, to elevate uh, the game for all. And uh, we look forward to that in the future. So tell us what your big, hairy goals are
0: uh, in 2018 and forward as you will become the first ever woman, woman president of the PGA of America.
2: Yeah, it's such a great question because so many people ask us that as as a leader of the association. I hear Paul Levy, our current president, get asked that. I, I heard Derek Sprague get asked, asked that. And, and this is the truth. You know, certainly I have personal goals uh, for myself and the things that I want to grow as a leader. Um, but I would tell you that we're truly a team. We have a, a very large board of directors of 21 that – work all over the country uh, in their day jobs but volunteer an enormous amount of time to the association and to our 29,000 members across the country. So when I talk about goals, they they aren't just my goals. They are the goals of our entire board of directors who represent all of those we serve across the country. And And some of the key items that that we want to continue to elevate, obviously, are our employment opportunities, our career services department, our well-being of our members is first and foremost in our mission. And we're constantly trying to elevate the value of the PGA professional where they work and in their workplace to their employers and for themselves and their families. We want to offer all the education opportunities we possibly can to stay relevant uh, in a world that's ever-changing and adaptable as our game will not change golf is golf uh, right but the people who come to facilities are looking for value and we want to ensure that our pga professionals have the skill set and the opportunities to provide that so we're constantly working on that player development we're excited uh, about the the models that we're coming out with where we're really going to develop youth golf um, based on skill and age level and uh, physical capability at the time so a developmental structure that really offers all children the opportunity to play the game, whether they want to play it at a recreational level or whether they want to play it at an elite level. And then, obviously we just want more people to get involved in the game, whether it's a, a golf experience or whether it's playing on the golf course. So for us, you know, we have a lot on our plate and then, and certainly, uh, you know, I'm again as a female golf professional. I am constantly advocating for women to get out on the golf course. I, I want more women in the business. I want more women suppliers to our championships. I want more women mm-hmm. playing the game, um, and I want more. I want our golf game to look like the communities we live in. So I, I hope at some point we are more culturally diverse, uh, not only as a membership uh, but as a game. And we work tirelessly. To, to make sure that that, that we have things in place that will allow that to happen.
0: That's awesome. Well
1: said. Yeah. Um, let me ask you uh, something, or let me just go back and I want to make a point on, on something that uh, I mentioned earlier about, um, you know, the growth of the game itself. And then, and then I want to ask you about uh, to talk about the PGA junior league. Um, but also in 2016, uh, some of the stats that came out, again, from the National Golf Foundation, was that 30% of the 2.5 million beginning golfers uh, were female. And of those, 32% were non-Caucasian, uh, which clearly illustrated that the changing fates of golf. Touch a little bit about that, and then we'll, we'll talk about the PGA Junior League as well. But talk about the changes, that uh, diversity that is happening in golf right now.
2: Yeah, and again, just as with the young girls, it's certainly, you know, it's, it's not where we'd like it to be. We we want it to be even more than the data that you just supplied. But we're excited that some of the opportunities that we're highlighting and, and, and sharing on a local level are, are connecting with people and are resonating with people, and, and people are feeling more welcome in our facilities. You know, PGA professionals and LPGA professionals across the country are, are extending their hand and inviting people to come out and to participate. and I think the more people see people that look like them, the more comfortable that environment comes and and we are getting there. we again, I, I don't want to overstate it we we have a we have a ways to go. but the game right. itself is a game that provides again to the beginning of our conversation these enormous benefits to to people that like to be outside, the people that like to be healthy and and, want to walk a golf course or want to ride a golf course. I mean, the calories burned alone are fantastic for for any woman. I tell people all the time, you want to burn 1200 calories, go walk nine holes of golf. Right. But at the end of the day, um, we we are with the help of all of our allied associations. um, We are seeing a a difference uh, in the game and we need to continue it. We need to do more. Um, But, you know, little by little, we were breaking down those barriers um, and and inviting people to realize that that we want you at our facilities. We want you to play the game. We can help you learn to play the game at a level that you're comfortable with um, and from a yardage you're comfortable with and 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 allow us to do that. And and we can really show you that golf is, is delightful and fun. Um, it doesn't have to be hard. I, I can't, I, you know, that's one of my biggest pet peeves is when I hear people say how hard golf is because yeah, golf is challenging, but that's part of the fun of it. If you find a professional that can help you learn the game and navigate the game, a PGA professional or an LPGA P professional, we'll help you navigate that where you feel uh, successful, where you can manage it from the right yardage for your skill level at the time. And, and the way we're instructing golf, in my opinion, is providing people that opportunity and it's opening the doors mm. for, for anyone that wants to play the game. It no longer has to be that you're supposed to shoot par. While that's fantastic as a goal if somebody wants that and we can help them get there, um, it certainly isn't the majority of the population. And as we let people know in the world that you don't have to be perfect at golf to love it, that we can help you manage it, um, that we can even help you pick your own golf club and you don't have to be asking somebody you're with where, where to park the car or, or how to check in or, or what club to use from where, and we can help you gain that confidence, uh, you can get on that golf course within three golf lessons, playing the game, loving it, um, without any judgment uh, passed, and, and, and that's where we need to get to in the game. Absolutely. Yeah, you're, totally you're,
1: agree. Yeah, you're exactly. You're exactly right, and it's very easy to see why you're going to become the president of the PGA of America. Uh, Well said. Let's talk a little bit about the PGA Junior League. Explain to the folks tuning into the show this morning a little bit about what that is, and also about the charitable foundation, PGA Reach, which is obviously a key uh, part of this, uh, of the PGA of America. Talk about uh, um, those two areas, if you wouldn't mind.
2: PGA reaches the PGA of America's foundation, and PGA Junior League is one of our key pillars of our foundation. We also have PGA Hope, which is helping our patriots everywhere, uh, a program that's a wonderful program for veterans who uh, either have come home and, and are challenged or whether it be physically or mentally, and we get them out on golf courses with PGA professionals learning the game in an environment that's safe for them um, where they really are, are doing incredible work. So we, we, PGA REACH is just a, a, a wonderful foundation um, that also has PGA Works in it, which is a, a diverse uh, scholarship, intern scholarship program where we're getting more people of cultural different backgrounds working within the game. And then we have PGA Junior League. PGA Junior League is our youth program pillar. It is, as we said earlier, it's a, a team golf. And we mm-hmm. had 42,000 boys and girls last year, 13 and under, playing team golf across the country in 41 of our PGA sections. Um, we just finished up our national championship at Greyhawk for our all-star team where a team from Georgia, from TPC Sugarloaf, took home the title. Uh, so it's, it's one of these uh, unbelievable programs uh, for family. But the, the really neat thing about PGA Junior League that perhaps your listeners aren't aware of is 80% of the young boys and girls that participate in PGA Junior League um, in surveys from their parents are considered recreational golfers. So they're either new golfers or recreational golfers. And certainly there's 20% of those children are are, are young boys and girls that have played the game often. But it's a developmental program that's getting young boys and girls on the course quickly. They learn the game not only from a PGA professional or an LPGA and CP professional, but they learn the game from their friends. They're making strategic decisions together. Um, They may be behind a tree, and then one ball is a little farther back in the fairway, and they inevitably always pick the one closer to the green, right? (laughs) They hit the tree and and make a mistake, and and they immediately realize, oh, that was the wrong choice, right? So it's it's, it's teaching young boys and girls the game in an environment that's just – fun and their family comes out and watches and cheers them on, just like every other sport, uh, just like a soccer game. The families are cheering on from the, the, the cart paths, um, you know, high-fiving when a shot's great and, and no worries when it's not. It's a match play format, two against two. They each play scramble. And it's, uh, we have uh, three matches within one nine holes. So three holes is a point, the next three holes is a point, and the next three holes is a point. So you can have two people – play terrible the first three holes, and then sweep the two, next two points. It's just a, it's, it's a wonderful opportunity if families listening aren't sure how to start their children in the game. PGA Junior League Golf is how you start them in the game because it's creating golfers for a lifetime within that first six weeks they even start.
1: Perfect. Um, Cindy, go ahead. I know you want uh, have some more questions.
2: Tell us about the
0: KPMG. Event And the Women's Summit that you guys have been um, running. This will be our, your third year, I think. And the speakers that you bring in, I've been lucky enough to be able to participate and volunteer to help at the Women's Clinic, but it's just an amazing job that you're doing.
2: Yeah, the KPMG Women's PGA Championship, formerly the LPGA Championship, is a partnership between the PGA of America, the LPGA, and KPMG, our title sponsor. And with KPMG's uh, title sponsorship, their mission is truly to elevate women not only in executive positions, but women on the golf course. And what, what they've afforded us the opportunity to do, the PGA of America and the LPGA, is really showcase the best female golfers in the world uh, in the respect they deserve uh, for one of the highest purses in women's golf, on network television, uh, in a manner that uh, truly gives them the opportunity to inspire those that will come behind them, young girls that are watching. And for that in alone, it's such an exciting partnership uh, because domestically um, I hope women's golf elevates always and that more are showcased on primetime television. And because of KPMG, we have the opportunity to do that. Not only do they do that for the women golf professionals on site, but they have a women's leadership summit that really inspires greatness as their theme. And what they do there is they bring in amazing speakers. Condoleezza Rice, for example, was the keynote speaker last year. Lynn Good has been a speaker Mm -hmm. there. Ginny Romney has been a speaker there. We've had Olympians on the stage speaking. And the audience is a mix of women uh, who work in business but many of whom have been nominated by companies as up-and-coming females to uh, become hopefully CEOs one day uh, in corporate America. And so it's really a mentorship and a sponsorship opportunity as well where there's young women in the audience that perhaps are just out of college all the way through women who are experienced in their business careers and CEOs. And it's, it's, it's just this amazing week uh, to – empower women uh, with opportunity. And the other thing that we do because of the summit and because of the KPMG Women's PGA Championship is KPMG also has a Future Leaders Program, which is a scholarship program. So the monies raised uh, go to the scholarship program for 20 young women across the country who come from um, very low-income homes, Uh, They apply for this scholarship. It's a $10,000 a year scholarship for college for four years to high school seniors. Uh, They bring these 20 young girls out to Stanford to work and be with Condoleezza Rice and the Stanford education system for a week. We teach them how to play golf uh, while they're there, but more importantly, we offer to help them with that $10,000 a year education uh, so they can go on uh, to empower other young women behind them after their college degrees. So it's an incredible week for us. Uh, you know, we're excited to go to Kemper Lakes this year. We just made an – go to Hazeltine in 2019. We just made the announcement that we're going to Aronimic in 2020. And with those names, as I said, um, you know, the other thing that we've been able to do through our partnership with the LPGA and KPMG is put these women on golf courses that typically only held men's championships in the past. So it, the yeah. venues are incredible, and uh, the players certainly love the championship. They love to be able to play these historic, challenging championship golf courses. Um, but but even more so, we have the opportunity throughout the entire week to showcase to the world that, that, that women should be on golf courses, and they should be on great golf courses.
1: I couldn't agree Amen. more. <laughs> um, um, Susie, let, let's ask. We just got time for for really this last part if um, I hate to say this we're getting close to our time but um, tell us about in 2016 that was founded the PGA LEAD uh, which was a mentor program for PGA members tell us a little bit about that and what's involved.
2: Yeah this is really exciting. Uh, PGA LEAD is a program that we established to really inspire and and help uh, those who want to be a part of the governance process to get involved within our association. I certainly had my husband as a mentor to do that. He was the president of a a section, and, and he really kind of showed me the way of how to get involved in governance um, but what we were really looking to do with PGA lead for, for any member that was interested was have an opportunity to establish uh, a class that would last two years of those that were interested in becoming a part of our governance structure of learning how to participate on a board of directors and learning how to be a part of a nonprofit within their community. I'm really establishing kind of the foothold for the beginnings of a career in leadership. And what we've accomplished has been tremendous to date with this um, You know, certainly available to all members, but we're really also looking for diverse and culturally different backgrounds in in who we are and what we do. And to date, out of the two classes that we've had, uh, each class being of two years, we already have members of these PGA lead classes who have earned uh, elected positions to their board of directors within their sections. We've had officers elected within their sections from these PGA lead classes. And it's it's just an exciting uh, it's an exciting opportunity that is, is really uh, empowering these young men and women uh, to be a part of of everything we do at the PGA of America. It's working. We're excited about it. We mentor them. We support them along the way. We bring in speakers uh, from outside the golf industry as business leaders to support their process. And it's a program that I'm incredibly proud of, uh, because I think in 10, 15, 20 years, we're going to see multiple uh, people from PGA League classes governing our association.
1: Well, what a great program. Um, you know, Susie, it, it sounds like there's a lot of exciting things um, being spearheaded for the years to come. And I can't think of a, a, a better person really to be put in charge, if you will, of the PGA of America than than you. You've got some great ideas and obviously you're very passionate, um, not only about golf, but just about um, helping others to to grow this game. And uh, our, our hats off to you, Susie, for doing a fantastic job so far. And we're excited to see the many great things that you're going to be doing here on and out. So congratulations on becoming the president of the PGA of America.
2: Well, not yet, (laughs) but in uh, in November of 2018, (laughs) it will certainly be exciting. And, uh, you know, as I said before, and I mean it sincerely, we have an amazing staff at the PGA of America. We have so many people working every day at the local level uh, to create opportunities for people to play the game. The local level is where it it really fits. And what we try to do at the national level is support our local PGA professionals' efforts uh, locally. So, you know, all we can do, is it, we will continue to do, we will continue to work hard. I can't thank you enough for the time and, and for sharing golf with the world through your, your radio show. Um, and any time that I can be a part of it, I'm more than happy to do so.
0: Thank you so uh, much.
2: I hope your family's fine.
0: I just have to Everybody's add that. Great. You have a beautiful family.
2: Oh, thank you. Everybody's great. We had a wonderful Thanksgiving, uh, but looking forward to the holidays at Christmas when we can be back together again.
1: Awesome. Well, Susie, go out and enjoy a great round of golf today, and um, have I fun. That. And, you're, you're, you're right. <laughs> and don't keep score. Just don't worry about the score. Just go out there and have fun. But um, have have a Will great do. day. And our our door is always open here. You're welcome to come back anytime. We'd love to have you.
2: Look forward to it. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. All right, you're welcome. Have a bye great holiday. Bye bye.
1: All right, that was our very special guest, uh, current PGA vice president, uh, but soon, uh, in about a year's time, she'll be the president of the PGA of America. Very excited for her, and uh, I know she's going to, as I said, going to do some great things. Uh, just a, a very, very smart woman. Just really, um, I think Cindy just has has a mission, and and um, you know, just r- really has a passion for helping to grow this game, and I'm sure she's going to be bringing some fantastic ideas, uh, not only for the golf industry in general, but particularly for women's golf to help elevate that. So we're, we're excited to see some of the great things. Um, and, Cindy, look, we've got just a moment or two if you want to let everybody know. Of course, you've got a great product. We're getting close to Christmas here, as you mentioned. Um, you've got the Learn to Hit It kit, so tell them a little bit about that and how they can get their hot little hands on it for, in time for Christmas.
0: Yeah. So for anyone who needs to learn how to hit it clean, airborne, and straight on purpose, no matter what your skill level, it, you know, it really doesn't matter, um, the Learn to Hit a Kit comes with a portable mat, practice, foam practice balls, the Own Your Game Academy um, online program, which includes 10 modules, and also downloadable PDFs that you can read, and a coupon for 10 percent off any Callaway club, all to you for 99.99. So go to Learntohititkit.com to get one for you and one for one of your maybe family members who need to learn to hit it better, or for a business person who needs to learn how to play golf, so that they can use it as a business tool.
1: Well said. Um, Definitely you want to go and do that, folks, as we're getting close to the holidays. still plenty of time to, uh, to get that last-minute gift. Um, for those of you that uh, have a golfer in your family or somebody that wants to learn to play, uh, you definitely want to get uh, your hot little hands on that learn to hit a kit. Um, on behalf of Cindy now we want to take this opportunity to thank all of our uh, guests that come on the show. We're getting close to wrapping up another season. Our last show for this year will be December 12th. And then we'll be fired up and ready to go after a a long extended break. We'll be back on the air February 6th. So we've got a couple more shows left with some great guests. We want to make sure you tune into that. Uh, And then on the break, um, if you didn't get a chance to hear some of the shows, you can go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf and just scroll down to the on-demand section. You can listen to all of the shows from not only this past season but previous seasons uh, in case you missed some of them. uh, Be a great time to catch up on some of the great guests and some of the great discussions that Cindy and I have had. And uh, we look forward to you joining us next Tuesday here on the Women of Golf Show. So on behalf, again, of Cindy Miller and I, God bless everybody. Have a great uh, week, and uh, we will see you next Tuesday. Thank you, Cindy.
0: Thanks, Tad. Have a great week.
1: You too. Bye-bye.